Welcome to The Label Podcast, a show about disability, illness and difference. I'm Lucy. And I'm Alice. Don't forget in this episode, I might swear, Lucy might cry, and you can check out details of the trigger warnings on our website. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Labelled Podcast. My name is Lucy and I'm here with my good friend Alice. Hello Alice. Hello Lucy. Hello, how are you? Uh, I'm not too bad, thank you. How I'm alright, thank you. I had several run-ins of people in the shops today, so slightly a bit fraught this morning, but you know. We've got a guest with us today because um, that's how it, I feel that's like, how this works. Yeah, I feel like we've been. I feel like we've done a lot of talking on episodes Awful recently as well. People are yeah. people are sick of hearing us, yeah. so I think we're in for a um, a good one this this week because I think our guest this week's probably very good at knowing um, how to manage people who talk too much, considering who he works alongside <laughs> a very great deal. Hi, mate. <laughs> uh, this week we are joined by Zach Richardson, who is the um, one of the co-hosts of Disability Horizons TV. Zach, thank you very much for joining thank us. Thank you for having me. And yes, you two don't yeah. talk nowhere near nothing like me. I don't know. I don't know. We we can give it a good go, can't we, Alice? <laughs> we'll give him a good run for his money. Yeah. The, between the two of us, I think yeah. we us together equals one mix, Scarlett. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um. So, Zach, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? I, I'm sure I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it's safe to say you and Mick are friends of our show, um, whether you like it or not. Uh, so why don't you tell us a bit about yourself, please? We are, and yes, we've had you on DHTV. Well, you took over DHTV, didn't you? Because we're just... Yeah. There, were, there is no stopping us. We're just two boring old white men and people want a bit of variety. Yes, <laughs> I am a 1967 model, like Lucy or Lulu Bell, whatever her name was. Uh, <laughs> what was the name you called yourself? Lulu Wild. Lulu Wild, yeah. A Leo, <laughs> and so I bring everything that a Leo brings, which is uh, not always good but you know we're there in the room. Uh, I yeah. used to be very extrovert. I think I'm more introvert now through uh, disability, mental health, and just some, some encounters through life. And I've had a, a wide variety of jobs. I've not always been disabled. I've been in a wheelchair for 12 years. First fell ill in December 1996 when I fell down the stairs and had chest pains. And then before I knew it, within a couple of days, was rushed to the London Chest Hospital on blue lights. And it was all seemed scary and unreal. I was laughing at the time. Um, and yeah, it all went downhill and I was diagnosed with ME, which now they've started believing that because we've got long COVID about. And yeah. a, lot, a lot of knee problems. So that's why I use the wheelchair. I use crutches for too many years. And again, they don't tell you. I ruined my shoulders and everything. Mm -hmm. I'm the luckiest man in the world because I've got someone that will put up with someone like me for how long we've been together. Damn, she's not going to listen to this. <laughs> 1990, 32 years. 
And yeah, so wow. we've been married 27 or 28 years. Two daughters, four grandchildren, and I'm grumpy, I'm told. You're not that grumpy. You just, you, so that, I, think, I think it's part of your brand. That, that part you, of my you, brand. You come across as grumpy, but you're not grumpy. My grandchildren <laughs> say I go to them when they go, go, I love you, and they go, we know, bugger off. <laughs> 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 That's lovely. No, uh, you, you're not grumpy at all. At all. Oh, yeah. Very nice. Very nice. My 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 husband is uh I uh, grumpy. My, my, <laughs> grumpy. It's not it's not even grumpy. I call, I'm I'll constantly I'll be going such a grumpus when uh whenever he gets like really like shirty about stuff. Um, but I always say to people my fav one of my favorite things about my husband is my husband's like big metal beardy like kind of scary looking. But he is, he's just, he's an absolute sweetheart. He's a real softie. It helps and to be bearded and scary. It gets you through life yeah. sometimes. Sometimes. Is that where I'm going wrong? Do I need to grow a beard? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stop yeah. that clocking and grow it out. Accept it. People, you know, people talk about getting abuse in the streets. And I've had it. I always wear a body-worn camera. But whenever I've had someone do something I don't want to, like, oh, I'm going to push you, I turn around and growl. And they're like, oh! you know, what have I done? Do you know what? Actually, last week was the first, like, loads of people have said to me before that um, as a disabled person in a wheelchair, they often get pushed and moved and grabbed. And, yeah. and I've never had that. Like, I believed oh. them, but I'd never had that ever. Um, so I'm 35 soon. Um, I, and I'd never, I've never experienced people pushing or grabbing my wheelchair because I'm quite lucky. It's weird. It's a weird sensation. You're there yeah. all of a sudden. You go. You're used well, to propelling yourself. Like, whoa. I was in Aldi the other day doing some shopping. I hate Aldi. I don't normally go in Aldi because oh, it Aldi. winds me. It winds me up though. It's too. The shops too small. People. And if you want some tea bags, some milk, and a set of spanners. Yeah. Yeah. He's in the middle aisle. Um, and I was looking. I was just minding my own business, looking at something, and this woman came behind me and just moved me like I was a trolley, and I went. I was like, what? I looked at her and she went, sorry, I just need to get to the... the so just, there. just move me, don't you I worry. Was like, I was like, I gave her a mouthful. It went over, on deaf ears. But yeah, it's not like, because I've got retractable handles that, like, they disappear when I'm not using them or I don't need them. So that's why I think people don't push me because they can't see where my handles are. No, I was pushed before I had handles off the back. The previous really? chair, I didn't have handles. I put them on this one because it holds my rucksack on the back. But, yeah, have you had people sit on you yet? You've got to have no. had people. Walk backwards, walk backwards, and they're sat yeah, in your lap. I had that this morning. I had that this morning, and then she turned to the shop assistant and said, she ran me over, and I was fuming. I was like, I was nowhere near you. I know. Have another um, ram. Yeah, I want to. I, 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 I can run you over if you want me to. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just some people. And so other days, like I can walk around town and it's absolutely fine. I don't get, I don't get any. Nobody, nobody bothers me. Nobody, like, I don't clock anybody staring. Other days, you get the gawpers, the tripper uppers. The, it all know, comes people. in one batch, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I rarely go out like you. I don't often go out. I went up to the barbers a couple of weeks ago. Phoned on and said, "What do you need?" She said, "Grab some milk and bread. No spanners. It was only the corner shop." <laughs> and I went in there, and it was like walking into a saloon bar in the western. The piano stopped playing, yeah. and they all stared at me. Yeah. And I'm like, and it felt 
so awkward and I know yeah. it's because of my tattoo and these are not not judging, we shouldn't judge, but it looked like a a Muslim owned store and I've gone in and I've got the Megan David tattoo, the big star of David tattoo on my arm. Right. And it was awkward. It was and it's the really? first time I've really, really experienced it. Yeah. And uh, I mean I don't clock people staring really these days. It's only when somebody else who isn't used to people staring at them. Who is with and they're with me? They'll go. Did you see them staring at you? And I'm like, no, I don't notice it. Unless they're proper, like mouth open, gawping. I I walk through town to a chorus of ah because p- apparently people have never seen a dog before. No, that's well, I just a, I can't. A, to be fair, Dora is a beautiful dog. I keep telling you this. She is a beautiful dog. Um, you know, all all guide dogs are beautiful. Dogs. You get people um, stroking her. I imagine sort of interfering while oh. she's working. Constantly. Oh, Constantly. And the, are you training a question? Because, yeah. You know, you don't look yeah. blind, do you, Alice? No, I don't look blind. Um, yeah, no, it's the... That's, yeah, that is my... That is my question. And it's the thing is, I I don't necessarily get a lot of actual, you don't look blind, full sentences. It's a, are you training her? No, she's my guide dog. Oh. Oh! Silence. Yeah. Or, oh, really, you... No, they, they don't finish the sentence because I think that people start to realise as the sentence makes its way from their brain to their mouth that they're like, oh, yeah. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. Uh-oh, uh-oh, no, so, quick, quick. Gerald, yeah. you said something you shouldn't have done. You shouldn't have done. Um, I, did, I did meet my dad's girlfriend, my dad's new girlfriend, first person that he's dated since my parents broke up. 20 years ago and uh all that i know that he's dated and that he's bothered to introduce me to anyway he and she like her like it was a compliment said oh you know you you're very beautiful you don't look like um you're blind and i it's just a it's when it's a stranger i am very happy to be like right let's fucking let's stir this up let's see what falls out here and i don't you know i don't necessarily go kind of guns blazing all every time to be like well and some sometimes i will genuinely sort of say to people i appreciate what you're trying to say but actually that's quite an offensive comment yeah. You know, it's awkward when you're down there staying and you can't escape after you've given them the full, you know, the full compliment of swear words. Talking of meeting family, I, I met. A, I didn't meet. I found new family this week. I saw okay. this on your oh, on Facebook page. Yeah, I never knew my father. I had a stepdad, right, well, okay. I never knew him. I met him when I was twenty-one. Split up. The girlfriend came home. He was sat on my settee having a cup of coffee with mum. First time I'd seen oh, him. Oh wow! Okay. And then he died when I was 29, and I knew yeah. nothing. So I know I've got two younger half-sisters and an older half-sister, and I've met one of the younger ones who now get on really well. She visits. But Donna got me for my birthday a DNA kit from Ancestry. Oh, yeah. And uh, she said, you know, when we went to bed, happy birthday, I got you a sister, because that's what popped up. Wow! It's a half-sister wow. that no one knew about. Literally, I, mean, I, I messaged her and said, got you any Greenbergs on your family tree it says we're related how you said what you're his son I was adopted at birth so I phoned my mum was Davina McCall hidden in a bush 
I, I don't know. I didn't look in the bush, to be honest. But yeah, living in so, New Zealand, three years wow. older than me. Wow. wow. Are, are you going to meet up? Is she going to come over she here? She comes or? over to meet her birth mother every now and then, so I'm right. hoping she will. Whoop, not to my phone. Uh, but yeah, and I've told my younger sister um, about it. And uh, yeah, it's... I mean, that's ideal. As and when you need a kidney, you've got a good selection there. I don't know. I have to say, I don't think the genes are very good. We, we all seem to have our issues. And so I'm not sure that, uh, no, I don't think anyone would want a bit of one of us. But we've all got the same <laughs> eyes. And it said in my DNA, one of the traits is saggy eyelids, like piss off in the snow. And she said, she said, I've got saggy eyes and a bad sense of humour. And I said, yes. Yeah. No. <laughs> you, are, you are my relation. Yeah. Um, oh, that's that's amazing, so weird. Yeah. When I, when I first met my younger half sister, because I'd written a letter, but I'd written so many times, and I finally sent it six odd years ago, and she phoned up and she said, like, Hi, I'm your sister. And uh, I feel my stomach. And when she came out, it was so weird. Because I'm an only child. Grew yeah. up as an only child, yeah. and then all of a sudden, I've got four sisters. Yeah. That's really surreal. And Who how did they, how. How did they react when sort of the disability conversation came up? Was it, were there, were there like awkward questions that no, they asked no, you or? You know, oh, you know, what happened? The usual, what happened? What happened? Yeah. And I think, no, I'm going to have to tell the truth because you are family. <laughs> I can't come up with one of these stupid stories about while I was skydiving. <laughs> um, in a in a nuclear chemical explosion yeah. and although i need a wheelchair i have superpowers yeah. <laughs> yeah. like a gimpy um spider-man <laughs> i don't think um, anyone would want to see me in the spider-man outfit i mean that would have to have a lot of lycra in it <laughs> yeah um i find it fascinating though family history and stuff we can't we can't go back very far with ours um uh, our biggest claim to fame that we are there's one claim to fame that we're like not sure about we don't know whether that was my great granny getting drunk at christmas and just telling us that <laughs> our family uh or the base the the family that the archers the radio 4 program were based on oh. uh, we don't know whether that's true or not but i'm using that as a getting to know you fact that these like work I've, I've gone to my 12th great grandmother on my really? mum's side yeah and we've got claim to fame that i can't they say his family, Alex Louis Greenberg in America, they're saying he's related. He, this paper clipping was given mm. way back, who worked for Al Capone. He was his accountant. Wow. And he was, wow. he was shot when he came out of a restaurant with his wife. His gunman walked up and gunned him down in the street. Oh, wow. So okay. it's fascinating. But it's the mm. traits that get me. Yeah. I always think, well, I'll, I'll know we've made it big when uh, Who Do You Think You Are comes knocking. Yeah. I'll take that yeah. up. Yeah. Which awesome. one of us, though? Which one are they going to do? They're going to like split the program so one of us is. No, one. they've done the double. They've done the are double. They, they did they've uh, done the double. Oh, was the double? I can't even remember who the double was. This is my memory. This is the tablets. They did. They <laughs> took them over. Oh, they, was it? Maureen, Lip, did it? Was it Maureen Lipman and? No, that was it. Maureen Lipman and um. The other one. I can't remember. Was it Dennis Waterman's wife, Rula Linska? Yes. 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 They could do it. Could they double it? But the other claim to fame that we've got is that my great nan on my mum's side was the chef for the Kellogg's family in America. Oh. And she got the job by saying she was a cordon bleu chef. She wasn't a cordon bleu chef. 
she got the Cordon Bleu Chef magazine delivered and was out there for about six years. Queen of the black. <laughs> that, see that? I can believe that's one of your items. 100%. Do you have to be Cordon Bleu to cook that, cornflakes? I think they just thought, oh yeah, she's English. She must know what she's talking about. Yeah, yeah but yeah. Are you, can, have you got a Cordon Bleu cookery certificate? Yes. <laughs> okay, here's the job. And she was there for about six years, I think. I mean, how many people have faked it to get good jobs? Well. Although yeah. that's what it used to be years ago. Most of us faked it. You got in. I mean, I, I faked it. I kind of faked it. I was working selling carpets, and my uncle imported two Nanchang Chujiao aircraft from the People's Liberation Army of China. Like right. old ones would sit behind right. each other, and I went and helped him. And we stripped him down, and we got him ready and ready to fly. And my cousin, who worked round on BAC 111, said, How much are you paying you? So I told him, and he said, No, come to us as a contractor. And I said, But I don't know what I'm doing. He said, Don't worry. And I went round there after that. This was 1994, £17.50 an hour. Wow! And I walked in. In 1994? Yeah, and they're like, can, can you just go and do this? And I'm like, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> I've got the tools. And yeah, I worked a couple of years doing that. Well, and the only reason it was a couple of years, did they find out that you didn't know what you were doing? Kind of, yeah. I did break something. <laughs> I did, yeah, they asked me to do some sheet metal work and I said, I don't do that. And they said, you must know how. And it, I think it cost a lot of money around the cockpit where I drew up the wrong holes in the outside. Yeah, putting in this uh, strengthener around the cockpit windows. There was a guy with me, knew what he was doing. He got called away and said, just carry on. <laughs> with the drill and, yeah. I think, um, I think when it comes to aircraft as well, like that's... Uh... That's perhaps not the thing you want. You want the guy who's a bit dodgy and doesn't really you know what he's doing. Work, you know what happens. I can remember putting in and like all these screws, and you can't put a nut behind. So there's these nuts. No. I got there. Oh no, there's no nothing behind it. And he said, "Right, we've got two choices: stick the screw in with super glue, or we can put filler in. And as it goes off, stick the screwdriver head in so it looks like it's a screw." Oh my god! I'm like, okay. So we super glued it in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I am a big fan of superglue. My head is superglued together. Whoa. When um, when I was about four or five, I ran into a skip that somebody had left on the pavement. Yeah, you can and, use normal superglue. If you cut stuff open, dry it up, and you can superglue it together. That's what it was made yeah. for initially, wasn't was it? it? That's what they used it. in. The, I'm sure in the First World War, that's what they, certainly um, for field hospitals, oh, yeah. in the First World War, that that's makes... what they they glue you together instead of stitches. Because yeah. um, The difference between uh, our super glue and theirs is ours is a pound from Poundland and theirs comes in a wrapper thing medical and is about 200 quid a pot probably. Yeah. It's literally yeah. that. Again, working on the aircraft. Part of the stuff wasn't working and he said, we haven't got the part in. I said, it's a fucking ping pong ball. <laughs> and he said, yeah, but we have to get it through these, but 200 pounds for a ping pong ball mm. because it was marked as that use. So I went to the local toy shop and brought a ping pong ball. <laughs> Literally, it just stopped the wall. Amazing. Like, amazing. I see. I don't find that amazing. I find that a little bit terrifying. <laughs> like Actually. I'm, I'm a big fan of health and safety, <laughs> and I think that that those kind of checks for qualifications and appropriate, um, like 
the, the using the right materials. I'm a big fan of that. The idea that your no your plane is held together by super glue sounds terrifying. Yeah. Alice, don't stick there next time you're on holiday. Go. Do you know these planes held together with super glue? It'll be, a <laughs> it'd be like that episode in Friends where yeah, the phalanges. The phalanges. <laughs> this plane doesn't got a phalange. There is no phalange. Yeah. There's no phalange. Yeah. The scary no. thing is when you know that one of those jet engines is held on with three nuts. Stop, yeah. it, stop it, I will never fly again. I'm glad I just came back from holiday. I just <laughs> don't need to worry about bolts, this again. One at the back and as they winch it up into these cones and a, a nut on top yeah. of each because all the yeah. force goes backwards. It's not... Oh. Yeah, that's a bit frightening. I, we, we flew Ryanair oh. and I even said, I said to Dave, I was like, uh, to my husband, I was like, I'm a little bit like, we walked across the concourse to get to the, like just outside on the tarmac mm -hmm. to get to the plane. And I was like, I do not feel okay about this. I really feel like there should be like a really yes. super official covered tunnel yes. that I am walking in. I don't in. want to see like, the plane. I just want to go on. It just, it just, it, it felt a little bit like at any point I could just get fucking sideswiped by a 737 it's a bit or whatever like they're when called. when I get on a plane because I have to get like up to the, up to the door in my chair, get mm. and then on the, on the thing where they strap your arms down like a Hannibal actor, like you're to bite somebody. And then, um. I didn't know they did yeah, that. Yeah, like across your body like that, across. And then. So, like. You're dragged down slowly. Like, where you're just baggage. Everybody else is sat down. And as you go down the plane, everybody's looking at you like, hi, hi, hello, hello. I would just thought they put you on first. No. Well, so it, dep it depends on the airline, I think. It, it depends on the day. I mean, yeah. like, Lucy will agree with me. If you fly as a wheelchair user, you don't care if an engine falls off or if there's whatever. You no. just worry about your wheelchair in that hole. When I get out the other end... Is it going to look like scrap metal? I cannot watch as they lift it in and throw it about like it's a suitcase. Um, because I'm thinking, that's my legs you're throwing about. Please, please be careful with them. Mm. Uh, we've taken to labelling my home address on the back of it and my, where I'm going to on the front of it. But I'm bubble wrapping it, basically, because, you know, I did go for a few years um, in an old wheelchair of mine that didn't really matter if it got bashed. Like your or. travel chair. But it was an old wheelchair, so it was too small for me, really. So a week in a very small wheelchair. Yeah. By the time I get back, your, your back's gone. And so you, I just take my own chair now and risk it. It's awful. Totally ruin your holiday. Imagine getting the other end of this custom chair that's made for you is just scrap. Mm. Yeah, it's awful. Which is why the rising popularity are the ones that can squash down to the size of a hole. Yeah, yeah, not when my, old. not when you're my weight. No, you can't have a fold-up really. chair. No, no, no. Uh, so I, uh, yeah, would you, you just take your life in your own hands? Really, it's awful. I won't um, fly. I'm not doing no. it. No, I, we were just saying earlier, weren't we, Alice? Before we start recording, about you know, I never really enjoyed flying before the pandemic, but I don't think it's I not natural, is it? No, it is. It is a horrible experience. Like there is. It's a horrible way to start and end your holiday. It's just, I just feel gross. Yeah. I feel stressed. I feel cramped. We were actually really lucky both there and back sitting in a three-seater where with just the two of us. Mm -hmm. So we sat either end mm -hmm. and had the space in the middle. But otherwise, like, I'm not tall. I'm five foot five, but I feel like my knees are under my chin. Yeah. Like, well, it's not... Four, so it's a bit... Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not it's nice. Cut, it's it, not really? fun. It's not. And also, the, what isn't nice for 
from my perspective is the fact that you know being left on the plane for like two three four hours when you get back home so you're home everybody's cleared off the plane and you're waiting for your chair they've had people boarding for the next flight haven't they and disabled people still sat there yeah oh that's awful it's just terrible um Frank Gardner, who is the BBC correspondent, is he security correspondent? He is, yes. Um, he travels here, there and everywhere for work. And he says, often, the airports where I'm going to are far better organised than the airport in this yeah. country. Because you just sit for four hours on a plane. Well, you know, and it, it's that panic, that worry of, where the hell is my chair? You know. I mean, it's bad enough, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm waiting at the airport worrying that like you know my favorite pair of my favorite bikinis lost in the ether the idea that that's your chair well, if they lose my bikini i'm done i'm, <laughs> I'm not going topless no i'm not getting off the plane <laughs> i'm not getting off the plane until somebody's bought me another one <laughs> yeah. no i joke i wear a one piece <laughs> um but yeah it's um it is it's frightening really and uh, it's that and you know you're sat obviously when you're on a plane you're sat for so long so i can probably do about four hours before i need to like get get off and go for a wee i know you can go for a wee on planes and stuff but it's again it's a rigmarole how accessible are those not toilets on planes, not, wait, i think there was one one did it but what they did is you have to tell them it's on one of these flash like qatar or yeah. whatever and I think the two toilets, the barrier moves in it. But you've got to wait for two toilets to be empty. You know, you don't want to be this You want to just go for a wee or a poo, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, excuse yeah. me, excuse me, could you start rearranging the configuration of the aircraft? And some <laughs> one airline said they don't even have a, an oil trolley because no. they don't need it because it's only a three-hour flight. What if you need a wee and you're disabled? Yeah. Just wee in mm. their seats, I suppose. That's why I've got a bladder like steel, really. But... um. Oh, just wait till you get older. I used to have a bladder that was like about 50 gallons and now... What, up and down all the time? And, well, it, it's one of those ones where you go for a wee, I get back in my wheelchair to sit and I'm like, ah. Oh. Uh. Old man troubles. <laughs> but it's just like, it's, um, you know, the fact that... So I don't go to the, to the toilet if I can help it on a plane. So I will stop drinking before I get on a plane. And then won't drink on the flight because just in case it makes me need a wee. And then when you land, and then you, if you've got to wait four hours for your chair, yeah, you can't get to the toilet. You like and the, and the comment section. I mean, you don't read the comment section, but the comment section of these articles, like, well, they just have to wait like everybody else. And I'm like, if the boot, was it's on, not waiting like wait everybody like else. Though, is stood it? Up as soon as exactly. the plane's touched down. Yeah. Before they've even said you can take your seatbelts off, they're all, aren't they? Or there's some burnt clapping that the plane's landing. You know, that's okay. I do, I do think. Imagine going to Australia. You're not going to have yeah, to win no. for that, are you? No. Were you, did you, before you became disabled and in a wheelchair, did you, were you relaxed and laid back about things? or? No. No. No, I... I'm like, my grand Leo, though, I'm like my grandfather, I'm like my uncle on my mother's side. We're all a little bit ranty. Mm. It, it doesn't go where we're, anywhere. We're not harmful, but we will have a hell of a rant and a rave. You know, yeah, really. and I feel I always feel better. Once I've had a rant and a rave, Alice, and Alice has told me to calm me down, I always feel better. Because she'll say something stupid and it makes me laugh, and then I'm all right again then. 
so it's fine. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I get I can get a bit ranty and a bit like with the woman who fell over me this morning who said you brought me over. I it, I just lost it. I was like, did you just say? Did you, I said to me, did she just say she ran? I ran her over because I didn't. And I don't know whether it was because she was out and out lying or whether she was just being. It was just the one thing that set me off. But I was ranting for a good 15 minutes. Mum was like, let it go. And I was like, no, I won't. Because yeah. I was like, how dare she? How dare she? I, you know, I'm a very good driver. You're not going to change people, though. No, that's like, there's just... We've been talking to my mother. <laughs> it's just, it's just, I just think, how much energy and emotion are you wasting on a, on something that you're not going to have anything to do I want to be to zen. I, in my mind, I'm right, right. I'm going to be so zen and then yeah. I meet somebody. And, yeah. and it, just, it just goes out the window. It's, I am like that every morning. Every morning I think I'm going to calm down, chill out. Every week, every Sunday, I'm, like, I'm going to have a good week this week. I'm going to chill out, calm down, not shout at anybody. And then, like, it gets to about six o'clock and I'm already feeling irritable. See, I think I'm just, I just, I just, my tolerance for, like, for li little stuff is just, I just don't care. Like, I mean, it's, it's so much, like, it's just so long as, you know, other people are happy and it's, like, you're kind of ticking over. Mm -hmm. I don't, I just don't care. Like, that's fine. Do, do what you got, what you want to do as long as it's Luffy not hurting firing. anybody too much. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. We are. I see. I'm a Cancerian, well, see, so we, we are balance, we are cool water babies. We balance each other out, don't we, Alice? My wife's a Libra. She's the total opposite. Donna's all calm. That's why we're still together, not because of me, because of her. She's all chilled out and everything's all right. Don't worry. Look, look, it's here. And yeah, I do feel a bit bad when I'm going off on one, and I just see her looking at me. Yeah. What's she thinking? <laughs> I not imagine it's <laughs> it's probably the that I'm thinking about my husband which is just are you finished? That's fine. Okay, what is she It'll thinking? She may have you know. a voodoo doll and that's why I'm in a wheelchair. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. Maybe something you've never thought of before. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think, I think it is that I, I am I'm a bit gobby really and I can't when I get irritated by something. It's injustice I get irritated by. Lying gets me. Yeah, I hate me, liars. Yeah. Yeah. And like those real stupid, obvious lies where you're like, what the? Come yeah. on, everybody, you're, why am I getting upset? You're looking at me like I'm wrong for saying something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I see. I just I just think we've got bigger fit. I've got bigger fish to fry than like, you know, Joan in boots who's kind of giving me like the side eye <laughs> and being a bit snotty. Well, I'm just... like, fuck off, Joan. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Fuck off. I I think I I just I'm just like nah like I can I can spend my energy going off on you Joan or I can spend my energy going off on fucking Boris who's actually the real problem. Well, Alice, you know but you know that's... you know what I always say if I encounter the slightest inconvenience, what do I do? It is true. It is press conference time. Press conference. Time. Call a press conference immediately. I'm, I'm going to the this. BBC. Yes. How yeah, dare yeah. you, Joan? <laughs> Fuck you, Joni Boots, I'm going to BBC out. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of, yeah, that is... So do you go out just to wind people up to get a story? No, but... <laughs> I am always saying to Lucy, we need content. There's content for the park. Lucy, I yeah. heard someone's parked on the pavement around the corner. I'm going out! 
previously. <laughs> Leave it with me. I'm, I'm on it. Yeah, no, I am. Uh, yeah, it's your car, Lucy. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Every time anything big happens, Alice is like, make sure, make sure you mention you've got a podcast. I was like, Alice, I do that That's standard fodder. Like, it's the first thing out of my mouth. Oh, hello. Hello. Did you know I have a podcast? Would you like to listen? Scan this QR code. I'm going to have a QR code tattooed on my back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, um. I must admit, I do not so much now. I've, I've stopped the reviews, the blogs and everything. I've not done a lot because I've been studying so like my brain can only handle so much but i used yeah. to do it but that's a blog post that's a yeah. bloody blog post yeah. Yeah. it does it, get it off your mic brain though doesn't it it's a way to offload it's like it does, it's, it's, it's like it's like a bit it's a bit like so i always find writing and things like therapy yeah. really you have a bit of a whew, it sits in the drafts folder for a while before i click publish though just in case i deleted my um, old blog but mm. i started that because of what happened to me in the early part of like sort of 2006 to 8 mm. really hit me mentally hard the way i was treated so right and i blocked it and it, yeah it got rid of it all yeah can can i ask a bit about that what kind of what was going on there i was so despite the fact that i'm here and i attend a synagogue and all that you know and it's all in the nice first approach that 30 years ago many years ago when i first fell ill we were putting temporary accommodation and there were shit schools in the area, and the only good one was a Catholic school. So we attended the church. <laughs> right. And then it was my daughter's Holy Communion. I go, oh, I'll help. I'll help. I'll help with the kids. And I ended up in an alb, up on the, up on the sanctuary, doing a lot, hell of a lot. You know, I took the stage right. across, and I became a pastoral yeah. assistant, and the priest had a mental breakdown, and he had his issues. And it got to it, you know, like one mess. He didn't turn up. I got a phone call. He just didn't turn up. So I started leading it and I see him at the back and like, come. And he, he was so drunk and he's staggering around. I'm like, no, people are looking at me. Some are laughing, some are angry. And basically in the end, he got rid of me and blamed everything on me. Oh, you know, okay. he, knew he did this and blah, blah, blah. Really sort of, I lost the job. I lost our home because of the landlord, because of all of it. Yeah. Um, and what I was doing. And, you know, I contacted the bishop. I said, look, deal with this man or do this with canon law. And he said, okay, every grace, sacrament and blessing ever bestowed upon you upon the Catholic Church has now been withdrawn. Wow. And, I'm and all our friends sort of like, go, bye. Even though everyone wow. saw what was going on. So that, that hit me mentally, mentally hard. But when you look back on these things, no matter how bad things are, they're a learning yeah. lesson. I yeah. learned through giving sermons, getting up and talking in church. It's how I can now do reviews, I can do blogs and stuff like that because I know how to express emotion, talk, and I think it was good for me. It's something that had to happen. We need yeah. the bad as well as the good to learn. You do, don't you? It's character building, I think. I mean, yeah. at the time, you don't think it's character building. As no, no. But with time to reflect on things, you can go, kind of go, okay, that that's why that happened because it's, you know, it gave me it's all meant X, to be. Y, Things happen yeah. at a certain time for a certain reason, don't they? Yeah. You know, whether so, we're not like, ready or what, I don't know. So, di is that how you got involved with Disability, Disability Horizons TV? Was it was it all because you'd been used to sort of... Yeah, I've written... ...and that kind of thing? I'd written for Disability Horizons. Uh, Duncan had seen my reviews and he asked me to review for them. And then they were saying, oh, you know, can we do some video content? And I did the first one and it was me and Caroline Bathurst from there. 
who then she had a real rough patch being unwell. And Mick and Dan were our first guests, and it, it just it just took off. And then Dan bowed out because of work commitments, and it's down to me and old Mickey boy. But yeah, you know, we have a, a laugh. And is it something that, you, well, I presume it is something you enjoy. Like, do you, do you find a bit of comfort, maybe, like being involved with the decision? You feel you're productive. My yeah. pain, I get quite unwell, so I have days where I'm absolutely buggered. I, I'm no use for work. And so I feel like I'm productive. Mm-hmm. And that's what the reviews were about. I never earned out of it. I'm being productive. I'm, I'm yeah. doing something rather than just festering away. Yeah. You know, you, yeah, it's, it's hard. I've always found that not working business hard, not being productive. Yeah. Is. I, I always say that, you know, employment for me, whilst the paycheck is lovely, it's more about being productive and, and social. And, and social and it's, yeah, it's interesting. When I was uh, with my dad, I was talking to him about the podcast and he was sort of saying you know well it's it's really important what you're doing you know raising awareness and stuff like that. So that's not honestly no i'm in it for no. i'm in it because it feels like a project that i enjoy do, putting the work in and seeing the feedback is really important to, obviously you know the foundation of it is kind of raising awareness and raising up the voices of disabled mm-hmm. people but actually the for me the big get out of it is I we've made this, we've produced this, it's growing, it's it's something that that's like Lucy said, you know, it's the that's the thing that kind of the feeling productive and feeling like I've achieved something yeah. is what it kind of means and for it's me. It's great because anybody can do it now. We're in a world where, you know, years ago, go back to the eighties, well you could only do it if you had you could get on the television. Yeah. But mm. now, you know, you get a camera and some lights and you're off. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean it, I um forever I I always said all the time it always revolves around back to you know I am a forever grateful for Twitter for for putting me and Alice together in the first place she found me on Twitter that's how it happened and the amount of people that think me and Alice have known each other years have been like grown up together and known each other from school and then I and I'm like no I've literally known Alice for as long as this podcast has been running that's I think we've actually met face to face twice. Yeah. Twice. yeah, I've met I've met Mick once, and that was a, just a couple of weeks I, ago. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, and it's, it's so nice, isn't it, when the person that you create something with and you work with so closely, you get to see them in the flesh and sit and just have a chat about yeah. stuff that isn't necessarily. Oh, can you hear me? Your mic's dropped out. Or and I know. think one of the things that's quite interesting is, and I think it's probably. I don't know if you know you would have been drawn to kind of doing this this kind of work um zek if you hadn't been disabled but i think it's certainly something that a lot of older generations don't get that these the way you can have a real relationship online and of course it is wonderful when i get to see lucy and we get to do stuff together but you know our online interactions are really important and really meaningful i say to donna oh my friend and she goes what on twitter know what i mean i've known them two years we share everything it's like yeah and it's a community i think the disability community on twitter is very important because people who are stuck at home they're getting the social rights through lockdown i think people appreciated that something like oh okay you know know, they can get up and go back out but many of us um, sarah millican she does join in at christmas doesn't she for people that are 
lonely over Twitter, and they will. Mm. They can use the hashtag join in, and and they'll be. You can talk to other people who are also on their yeah. own at Christmas, and it's that sense that 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 sort of sense that they get from doing that is this kind of sense that I get during disability. You know, using Twitter for for just like I can I can tell you know stuff's really achy today or. Have I got? Have got? Has anybody got any suggestions for X, Y, Z? And yeah. within fifteen minutes, I've got like fifteen recommendations of things to try. Like, have you? Yeah. You know, I, I, I bought this. Try. Have you tried this? Have you tried? Yeah, they all know more than I, the doctors. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've just been um, while I was away. I found out that um, a young family member of mine has started identifying as autistic, um, but hasn't had a diagnosis. Sort of talked about starting that process yet. And I was like, is he on Twitter? If he starts following the actually autistic hashtag and stuff like that, you know, he will find people who will will help him feel like, yeah, this is my community. Mm. This is this is what fits for me. This is what's right. And I think that that makes such a difference. Well, I had a few years ago, my daughter was at college doing some social and she came and she goes, oh, I've got this test. See if you're autistic. So she's doing it and... My wife scored 12, and they scored 14, and I scored 46. And they're like, yeah, that makes sense. And I'm like, I don't know. No. And then on Twitter, a couple of years ago, someone said to me, you'll get, they messaged me, you'll get it, you're autistic, aren't you? And they're one of the people that talks about autism a lot. And I'm like, well, yeah, I've been told I am. And I look back over my life, and I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's okay. amazing, isn't it? I actually, I... I... There is a person in my life who came to me two years ago, maybe 18 months ago, and said that they think that they may be on the spectrum. And I was really dismissive. I was like, no, I don't think so. But actually, less um, from Twitter, but more from the job that I'm in now, um, working with people who are neurodiverse. I actually feel, I feel really bad that I dismissed that person because actually I'm like, yeah, you know what? What I was doing, even even then, what I was doing was going, oh, well, that's what autistic people are like when you see them on the TV. So you can't be autistic. But actually, I understanding more about it, I think, yeah, I think they probably are on the spectrum. And I feel really guilty about it's that. I feel really like bad. How, I'm in hospital. I have to know how many sleeping tiles there are. How many floor tiles are there? Give me a word. Give me a person's name. I have to know what the middle letter is because otherwise it'll bug me. It's stupid, silly, silly little things. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, and it has to, to be just this. Attention to detail. Yeah. Man. And I say to my when we go to watch TV at night, grandkids be around. Can we tidy that away? It's only there. Yeah, it's making me feel spiky. Can we just right now? I can relax. That uh, yeah, and it's it's so it's a lot of it are things that for many people we've always just got. Well, that's just you know they're just. They just, they like to understand how it works or, you know, they like things to be in their place. Mum used to buy me broken washing machines and TVs so I could take them apart to see how they work. And it's just, it's, it, and I think that one of the wonderful things that we are doing now in society is beginning to recognise that that's not just a quirk of personality, that the thing about neurodiversity is that it's the way that your brain kind of is built and functions and that pushing against that not allowing a person to understand how the thing works if it's you know they if that's part of their kind of uh i don't want to say behaviors but if that's how they present that's how they experience autism 
um, that that's you can't not do you can't not let them do it it's it's really harmful to not let that person do that it's the thing I always say to people is you know neurodiversity is about the way that your brain is kind of shaped and 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 functions it's like telling a person to not an autistic person not to do that it's like telling me to just just stop not seeing things oh okay I'll just I'll just make my body work in a way that it's not been built to mm. and I think that is one of the things that is really great about about the profiles of you know the way that the the that neurodiversity is being uplifted it takes time to be think... more more in tune with today's needs especially as an old bugger mm. you know yeah. to be accepted of people whether it's over sex sexuality whatever you know we were brought up in the time where you could not say some of the things that were said back then you could not say it. you could not carry on you could yeah. not behave like that and there's people who go but that's me i was but i'm from an old age you adapt. You have to. You have to understand. Yeah. You people. have to. Yeah, yeah. You can't. You can't just saying it. Saying it because you don't know any different. No. Is, is you educate yourself. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's exactly what I always say. You know, and saying it just and when you, especially when you know somebody is upset, like you with a term or use of language or whatever. If it was me, you'd stop. Saying, if somebody said, I "Actually, find that really offensive," you stop, don't you? You know? And I think that's the thing that's that I that is important for me again about this show is it's the the worst thing. And I think the reason that I, I certainly get so annoyed about people coming up and asking me time and time again, are you training the dog? Is the people not educating themselves, is people waiting for disabled people to waiting for encounters with disabled people to come along so that we can teach them and we can tell it's the same for all minorities you know for don't go up to a person of color in the street and be like oh what's it like to be black go you know when there are when there are platforms you know there are shows like ours and there is the fucking internet where people will tell you that's the thing I that don't mind kind of i think child. i mean i had a little kid come run up to me why are you in that and the mom went don't and just drag her around i went yeah. no no it's, it's okay Although my grandson, yeah. when he was little, went out and that guy went past him in a wheelchair and he burst into tears and screamed at him, that's my girl, girls, he's disabled, not you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, that, is, that is cute. You know, it's, yeah. that kid's fair enough. I don't mind if and a kid wants to, honest, to have a look no, at what, what really bugs me about when kids sort of like they're looking or they're asking questions is when the parent grabs them by the hand and yeah, pulls them away. Goes, or we don't talk to people like that. I had a, a little girl in the street she was like out on her I was walking down it was quite residential street but I was a bit like you're nine you should not be playing out on your own yeah. um but yeah anyway uh she she was like oh why is your dog wearing that and I explained about the harness and explained that I am you know I'm blind and she went oh does that mean you haven't got any eyes and I was like, no, I've, I've got eyes. And I have my sunglasses on. And she went, can I see? And I was like, okay, now we're dancing to the, like, on the edge of Curiosity. what I will put up with. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. there's, like, a little girl going, believing that blindness means you haven't got eyes, that I can be like, okay, no, let's have a conversation about this. No, some people actually don't have eyes. Some people are born without mm -hmm. them. Some people have to have them removed. Um, I've got, not only have I got eyes, so actually parts of my eyes work 
you know, have this conversation in the street for five minutes is fine. <laughs> but uh, when you start to go prove it, yeah, I want to see your eyes, show them to me. I start to be a bit like, you know what, kid? Maybe it's time that you start playing in the street on your own and I'll just leave you to get abducted or run over. Uh, but yeah, it is that, I think. And it's, but it's the same with parents. You know, parents don't want to let their children ask those questions. No. But, you know, if you, if you parent your child to ask those questions sensitively, then as an adult, they don't need to, they don't need to be the ignorant 45 year old woman at the bus stop who spends 15 minutes asking me about, well, how do you manage picking up your dog poo if you can't see? Oh, that yeah. <laughs> all of that shit. I'm just like, you know what, honey, why don't you go, you go about your business. I'll go about my business. The coolest thing I've ever heard a child say about me, about me, when I roll past them was, Mummy, Mummy, it's that lady Transformer. I was like, no, but you can start referring to me as a Transformer from now on. Uh, that was quite, that was quite good. But it, it does. Uh, do you ever remember when uh, Carrie, is it Burnell from CBBS with Oh, the lady with limb difference. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she was, there was an outcry because this lady with a limb difference was on CBBS. She was scaring children scaring with children. her and the, missing arm. And the fact, yeah. the fact is, it wasn't scaring the children, was it? We know exactly who it was scaring. It was, it was making mum and dad uncomfortable. Yes. Kids pay no attention. They're like, of course okay. they don't. If you, if you don't tell a child that something is bad or wrong, they won't think anything other than, oh, okay. Um, yeah. It's um, and that, and I, I think, think, is what I find upsetting because you think if that parent was a bit more relaxed about it and sort of could educate themselves on this is you know, this is how you know you interact with a disabled person or whatever it is, it would make it so much easier for the child, the child because that interaction of the, the parents snatching the child away makes child worry then that next time they see somebody in a wheelchair or somebody with a guide dog, like, I can't go anywhere in it because last time mommy snatched me away from them and it's scary, yeah. you know, it's not, it's yeah. not helpful. And and I think there's no excuse, like we're, people are just too busy wrapped up in their own stuff. There's no excuse for people to not take the time to like seek out that like, and you could satisfy your curiosity if you've grown up in a you know white straight affluent non-disabled home you will have no experience no. of a lot of the the lived experiences of minorities but there's no excuse to not find that out and i think you know that's one of the cool things that i like about dhtv is that you know you have an audience that you interact with people ask their questions and stuff and like that is that th those sorts of platforms exist but it, so don't you ever people... get the feeling that we're just talking within our own community? Like, yes, yes. we are just Look, talking I'm, to each I'm other. Out here and I'm, we're educating, we're talking, but no one without a disability or a disabled relative is paying attention because to them, it, and I was the same before I became disabled, you don't even notice that world. You don't. No, no. Uh, but I also think as well that the non-disabled non community is very scared of disability because one day it will happen to them and they yeah. don't want to think about yeah, it. Yeah, unlike any other it. minority, you can't just suddenly become black or no. something like that. But no. any one of us at any moment in our lives could suddenly become disabled. Exactly. And I don't, I think that is a big, big part of it that they, people don't want,
want to even think about the day they get old and infirm and but don't you think that actually if you knew more that it wouldn't be scary anymore yeah it's not like if you you know special school you don't mix with the disabled kids because they're at the special school so you don't grow up around them unless there's a disabled child around your area and they may be kept indoors because that's what the parents do or used to years ago and it's not on tv yes you get the token wheelchair guy that may trundle across the back of the scene in these standards just oh look they're up, we've done disability but disability isn't really on tv this morning, yeah. if you want to give us a call, my number is. <laughs> uh, we can do it over the summer while nobody's watching, if that helps. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, I do think like, um, it, yeah, it's just, it's just. I think it, that's what saddens me most is when the, the parent is being so frightened of the fact that we're in a wheelchair, uh, or they get a bit tongue-tied. I mean, I don't mind the tongue-tiedness about disability. As I've, I've said before, you know. My friends say I'd make a great royal because I have to deal with so many people who get a bit uh, uh, and dithery. And I'm like, it's all right, we'll have a nice conversation and we'll just move along and everything will be fine. And then you may have to go home and tell them about everybody, about the time you met that disabled person in town, you know. Um, but so I, d I don't necessarily mind the tongue tie. It's, it's when they are projecting their, I'm frightened of that, onto their small child who doesn't know any better. Did I tell you about how I was, when I was in Coventry a couple of weeks ago, a woman came up to me in the street just to tell me about the time she met a guide dog user at the train station. Wow. That was the story. I was just like, oh, that's nice. It's just like, I was with my granddaughter and, uh, well, what, no, what happened was she came up to me and asked if she could talk to Dora. And I was like, no, she's working. And she was like, oh, I met a blind woman at the train station when I was with my granddaughter once. And she let, um, my granddaughter talked to her dog. I uh, see. So you said no. You made her feel awkward, and she felt she had to say something. I, I see. I felt like it was uh, she was going. Oh, this other blind woman let me talk to her dog. You're mean. Yeah. It's, it's weird, isn't it? People are so it's weird. It's such a weird. People are it's so weird. And I think actually, when you get to when you get to know me and you talk to me, or talk to talk to then you know you've got to walk away. <laughs> exactly. Get to know me first really. Oh no. Anything that you want to mention, plug, talk about before we uh, wrap up the session with you today? No, no, there's nothing at all. No. I mean, I, I talk for ages, but I think it's great what you're doing. I mean, I was Thank reading you. Possibility magazine yesterday. I don't know why I got it delivered. I don't subscribe, but one just came through the front door. Uh, Samantha Rink talking about periods. And like we're saying, we don't understand if we don't encounter these things that obviously 
two daughters and a wife, period, yes. But for a wheelchair user, I'm like, oh. Yeah. And it's these things it's a different that experience. need to be talked about, you know. It's hell on earth is all I'll say. That's what she hell said. Hell on earth, yeah. <laughs> yeah she said, um, you know, it's these things that people need to be talking about, no matter how, sort of, ooh, don't talk about that. No. Me and Mick talk about anything. Something's yeah. probably a little bit we shouldn't do. But, you know, <laughs> disability and sex, yes, we do it. You yeah. know, disability and periods, it happens. Yeah. You know, and all these things need to be got out there. So, so Zach, um, how often are, is Disability Horizons TV? Because we can link to it in our episode. We are on every no, fortnight, yep. and it's not this week, it's next week. So Fabulous. I don't know what day that's from this week. 20, so it'll be the 21st. I don't know what we're talking about because we're not really organised like you. <laughs> I don't even know if... We have we've got a couple of guests. I think we've got a photojournalist who's disabled who wants to come on. Lovely. And Avril wants to come on. I, don't, I can't remember what Avril wants to talk about. But we're like that. If not, we don't need a guest because I've got Mick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he'll, he'll fill an hour nice and easy. Mick has got enough stories to keep us going. I think I think for Mick's episode, we went, hello, Mick, and then just sat back for an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> didn't we, really? Let's yeah. try and get a word yeah. in, bless him. I think he came but, in um, before you actually introduced him, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you said well, at this point, we normally introduce the guest, but... This podcast, you're liking everything. You know, you you agreed to come on our podcast and talk to us, inviting us, inviting us. Back on. We want you back yeah. on. We want you to take over more shows because we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. it is we'll no subject. You know, Mick and I can't sit there and talk about periods and disability, even if we read up on them, because we're going, what? I know he's a, <laughs> but he can't talk about that. <laughs> when we were first starting out and you know and uh, getting the word out there so thank you so much for for supporting it's hard to find i mean i mean i made the mistake i suppose other people did this i looked you up and I'm, there it is the label podcast and it wasn't you <laughs> no, yes. there's the other yeah, one we which did... a bit heavy metal was it or something i can't remember so it's, yeah, yeah it's about records yeah. it's like record labels <laughs> yeah we did did shoot ourselves in the foot a little bit with the name um considering how long we back and forced about it we really should have got. It was like three it. months, wasn't it? Like um, it's a bit like it? calling myself sat on my butt. I thought it was funny, <laughs> and now I really regret it. <laughs> yeah. Never mind, eh? Uh, but no, Zach, thank you so much. We will put link to uh, Disability Horizons TV and you and yeah. Nick. And then we will the push it out there. Yeah. Thank you Amazing. So thank you, Zach. Before we go, do you want to tell people where they can find you on the internet? Where they can find me? Bloody everywhere. I'm always on there. I think I'm at sat on my butt on Twitter. Right. I think I'm at sat on my butt reviews, even though I stopped reviewing, but I will be carrying on once I've done my thing in October and I'm officially a Jew. Um, yeah, sat on my butt reviews, I'm sure. Or sat on my butt product reviews, one of them on Twitter, mm -hmm. just Zach Richardson, and it's sat on my butt.co.uk. I apologise for the posts. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, don't forget, if you've enjoyed the episode, to leave us a, leave us a review because um, uh, that really helps other people to find us, uh, share us around, tell your friends, and we will be back in uh, a fortnight. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye.
Thanks for listening to The Label Podcast. If you like the show, you can rate, review and subscribe and you can follow us on social media at Labelled Pod. This episode was edited by Adam Hall. Our music was by Maisie Crunden and we'd like to thank the rest of the team involved.